There's not a standard definition of the metaverse right now, but the experts would agree that this new iteration of the internet will likely disrupt and also transform current social and economic structures. Welcome to Radio Davos, the podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at the biggest challenges and how we might solve them. This week, the metaverse, and why it remains an important issue as we head towards Davos 2023 in January. There's immense interest in the topic. Some are experimenting with the metaverse, building immersive experience perspective, experimenting with, for example, NFTs, other digital assets. And it's not just virtual products or virtual reality experiences. The metaverse could have applications in real world industries. The industrial metaverse applications, advanced manufacturing, healthcare, mobility are also experimenting with digital twin technology. And of course, there's FOMO. Many others are simply observing and monitoring and wanting to make sure that they are not left behind. The World Economic Forum has an initiative looking at defining and building the metaverse. We speak to the person leading that, Kathy Lee, on how we might navigate the opportunities and risks of the metaverse. Security, privacy, safety, the rekindled discussion around digital identity. Subscribe to Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review and join us on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club on Facebook. I'm Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum and with this look at the metaverse. How is that going to look like in the next decade or so? This is Radio Davos. So what is the metaverse and should we fear it or embrace it? We've covered it before on Radio Davos. I interviewed Meta's Nick Clegg in Davos last May. And in last week's episode, a range of CEOs mentioned the metaverse as a key technology to watch in the coming years. Please do check out both those episodes. Just go to wef.ch slash podcast. This week on Radio Davos, we're checking in with Kathy Lee, head of media, entertainment and sport at the World Economic Forum, who's leading an initiative called Defining and Building the Metaverse. It's bringing together companies, governments and civil society around the world to to discuss possible futures for the metaverse. The first fruits of that work will be unveiled, a couple of reports in Davos in January. So I started my conversation with Kathy Lee by asking her to define the metaverse. The metaverse is coming. We think, you know, that's the next iteration of the internet. Um, it's the convergence of technologies, you know, ranging from uh, extended reality, which includes uh, virtual, uh, augmented and mixed reality. Um, and to a certain degree, you know, potentially digital assets and wallets and identities all coming together, forging the so-called the metaverse, basically a immersive, interoperable and, and uh, synchronous digital world. And it's predicted to be a uh, $800 billion market by 2024. With something still in such a nascent state, we felt that the time was right to bring public sector and private sector together to really understand the opportunities and challenges beyond the hype. That's why we launched the Defining and Building the, the Metaverse Initiative back in May at our annual meeting in Davos. It's about bringing uh, key stakeholders across different sectors to come together, um, define and build the parameters of a economically viable, interoperable, safe and equitable metaverse. The initiative uh, focuses on two key areas metaverse governance and uh, economic and societal value creation, which studies how innovation and value creation can be strengthened for the benefit of uh, society. 
Um, there's not a standard definition of the of the metaverse right now, but the experts would agree that this new iteration of the internet will likely disrupt and also transform the uh, current social and economic uh, structures um, from more immersive, empathetic social experiences to more universal access to healthcare and uh, education. The metaverse definitely presents momentous opportunities, but also significant challenges as well. So look, we'll talk about the opportunities and the challenges, but let's first kind of stick with defining it, because one of the reports you'll be launching in Davos is, I love the title of it, demystifying the consumer metaverse, if I got that right. So yes. let's talk about that. You know, what are the myths? What do people think the metaverse is and they're getting wrong, do you think? Because the metaverse, you know, there's not a standard definition. It introduces, you know, possibilities of all sorts of misunderstanding. So first of all, in our opinion, the metaverse is not a destination per se. It's not an end state. It's just ongoing digital transformation. And it's not that difficult to imagine that the internet of the future will be different from the internet that we know now, just as you know, the internet has been around for nearly four decades. But when I was born, the internet wasn't even there. And, and it looks completely different from when the internet was born uh, compared to what we know today. So it's really just ongoing digital transformation. And uh, we don't really think of it as you know, something that would come together all of a sudden. It will come together gradually and reinforce each other. I'm talking about you know, users and behaviors and different products. All of the things, some of them are in a better shape than, than others right now, but many of this will come together over, over the, the next uh, decades. Do you think that, um, parts of the metaverse already exist? Are we already in the metaverse to some extent without perhaps knowing it? Uh, absolutely. So again, if you think of the metaverse not as a end state, not even as a, uh, a medium, but more as you know the continued integration of our physical and, and digital lives, then yes, think about how much time we spend online and in digital work now, and that percentage will continue to go up. And think about the generation after us the iPad native generation, they haven't been brought into uh, workforce yet. Once they do, that's also when you see a generational shift in terms of new products and, and, and new behavior. Should we take a look at governance first then? I mean, what are the, the big issues about regulating the metaverse? What, what needs to be in place for this to work well? The community that we put together over the last 12 months, the community that are working on these issues together, ranging from public sector, private sector, civil society, and academia, they have identified four topic areas to investigate over the next 12 months. It's interoperability, privacy and security, safety, and identity. So the first output that we're publishing in January during the annual meeting is going to be focusing on interoperability. Interoperability is funded on the ability for users to participate across environments and technologies, for data to uh, uh, circulate freely and securely, and for systems to exchange information seamlessly. For the metaverse to operate uh, seamlessly, it will require varying degree of interoperability for users to move, create, 
transact and participate across different platforms and localities. So if we compare that to what the world we're living in now, for example, mm -hmm. I could be on an app, let's say Facebook, um, and if that was an, an enhanced, more metaverse type space, which I assume it will be because that's one of the companies that's really driving this, I'll be in that world in a, in a more kind of virtual reality kind of way perhaps. But at the moment, I can't go from Facebook, jump from that into a different platform. I can't go and watch a virtual concert or go to a virtual sports game within Facebook, unless it's on Facebook. Do you envisage that will be easier to do? That, 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 that's what we mean by interoperability. Is that the main thing or am I missing Indeed, something? Indeed, that's a very good example. But let me give you an even more straightforward example. The, the fact that I can send you an email from my Gmail account to your Yahoo account is not taken as a given. That's because they all follow the same email protocols, let it be POP or IMAP. And um, that's not the case with, for example, games. Again, I'm, uh, I'm talking about games, but it doesn't mean that games are necessarily metaverse. Those are different you know, virtual world experiences, but the most similar to the kind of vision of the metaverse when it comes to the visualization and immersive um, perspective. But the different games, they are optimized for their own experiences and existence. So by definition, they're not interoperable. You can't bring your Call of Duty sword or costume into you know, Minecraft. Right now, that doesn't work. Um, in the future, it could work. The market forces will decide you know, what should be interoperable or not. The interoperability should be seen as a spectrum, but not you know, something that needs to be mandated. In the end, if it does have value, financial incentives and, and market forces will take care of it. But you know, looking at the, uh, the trend, the consumers will definitely demand certain uh, levels of uh, interoperability. So that is a report that will be coming out in Davos in January. Indeed. When it comes to governance, I'm reading from your blog, governance that prevents potential harms and emerging risks. I mean, what, what, what other harms and risks we're talking about? First of all, we are looking at the existing harms and risks with the current version of the internet. For example, uh, digital safety, harmful content. How do we protect our children? How, how do we protect ourselves? from you know, unwanted harassment, um, you know, different type of harmful content. Other risks, for example, security and privacy concerns around data, the use of data. And now think about in the metaverse, there will be probably potentially even more data being harvested, uh, including biometric data and many other type of data. But at the same time, those data could be used for good as well. But we do need to put the proper you know, kind of governance mechanism around it. And then uh, from the security perspective, anytime you expand the digital infrastructure, you unintentionally expanded the uh, attack surface for the attackers as well. So think about how do we safeguard, you know, the, the kind of digital infrastructure is, uh, is, is one of the aspects we need to look out for. So there'll be more targets for cyber attacks. Let's turn to the second thing then in, in your blog, this value creation. If we'd had this discussion 20 or 30 years ago about the internet, the value creation, and it's funny, you can go back and watch clips online, can't you, of, 
famous people, even incredibly smart people who are really into this, who just got it wrong, you know. Oh, this will be a fad, the internet won't work. People will look back probably to interviews like this now in 10 years' time, and we may have got it all wrong. But I'm, I'm just wondering, with the discussions you have with the various stakeholders, where are these additional you know, value creation possibilities with the metaverse? Indeed, it's very difficult to imagine the potential upside when, whenever a new technology uh, comes through. Because as I mentioned earlier, many of the things will need to come together. Uh, new technologies, many different changes and user behaviors, and they will reinforce each other. And that will generate even more use cases and products, uh, so on and so on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that we get it wrong to some degree. In terms of use cases, the metaverse will have all of the function of the internet, except that the experience will be more immersive and you might be able to own your data and, um, and digital assets. It's still early days, but we can already see that the metaverse is and will continue transforming industries, including media and, and uh, entertainment, uh, consumer and retail, where consumers always long for more immersive experience. And um, in real estate and mobility industries, where digital sales are becoming a norm, uh, in advanced manufacturing and healthcare, where AR, VR technologies and digital twins are playing a vital role in uh, supply chain analysis and medical intervention. For example, factory workers can easily drag and drop assets into a Metaverse Framework's uh, physics-based simulation and quickly discover ways to make manufacturing safer or more efficient without undergoing extensive uh, physical testing. Surgeons, they can practice on the digital twin of the patient before they actually operate on the, on the patient to ensure maximum precision. And the most obvious use cases today might be in work training and education where it's proven that immersive experience uh, enhances collaboration. We've all got used to using Zoom over the last couple of years. Is the feeling that we'll all be meeting in a virtual space soon? Are there any real benefits, do you think, to being in an immersive space, more of a 3D space, than there is at looking at a screen with faces on the screen, do you think? That's an interesting question that we've been asked a lot. My response has been, it doesn't necessarily mean that we will be using that kind of 3D environment anytime soon. It's always a choice. If, if users think it's a better experience, they will be drawn to that. Otherwise, they, they won't. Right now, the more advanced VR experiences does give you a sense of presence. So very different from Zoom, where it's a 2D interface. You and me can meet in the metaverse in the VR experience and feel each other's presence. So for some people, that might be a better experience. For others, that, that might not be. Again, I wanted to go back to what I mentioned earlier. The metaverse is still far away. It may not be even be for our generation, but it might be only for you know, our kids' generation. But it's not so hard to imagine that the internet will evolve. And human beings are naturally drawn to you know, the kind of experiences that mimic our reality. That's why if you saw the evolution of the internet from text-based to image-based to video-based, it's not that hard to imagine in the future it will be more 3D immersive experience. But it doesn't mean that tomorrow we're going to all use 3D environment for Zoom calls. Right. But from my limited experience of 
virtual reality and metaverse applications and gaming. The thing that struck me is, is the audio is so important. That's what really makes a difference in, in, the, in the things I've used that you can tell, you know, if the monster's creeping up behind you or if you're in a room with a lot of people, you can walk over to someone and their voice gets louder. And that, I think, for me personally, so far at least, the audio, even more than the, the visual stuff, is, I won't say transformational, but it's really, it can be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. That's why many of the companies are working on spatial audio, as you know, because someone who's whispering in your ear shouldn't, you know, sound, sound like, uh, you know, someone else who's speaking from the corner. So you're absolutely right about that. And is there a, a big hunger among the stakeholders? Are the companies clamoring to get together and to talk about these things? Or have you had to drag them kicking and screaming together? I would say there's immense interest in the topic. Some are more advanced than others. Some are experimenting with the metaverse. Let it be, you know, um, doing it from the more of a immersive, building immersive uh, experience perspective, uh, or experimenting with, for example, NFTs, other digital assets, um, and strengthening the consumer-customer relationship. Or, you know, in the case of uh, a lot of the what we call the industrial metaverse uh, applications case. Many of the advanced manufacturing um, companies, uh, healthcare providers, mobility, et cetera, they are also experimenting with digital twin technology, um, IoT, and because many of the you know, uh, foundational technologies are already in place. But many others are you know, simply observing and monitoring and wanting to make sure that they are not left behind. So it's definitely a, a healthy mix, I would say. So we'll meet in Davos uh, again in January. I mean, what do you hope to hear people say? You know, where will the conversation be going, do you think, in January? I think in January, the conversation will be around you know, some of the latest applications across consumer lens and also industrial um, metaverse in terms of, for example, digital energy transition, emission uh, reduction um, and the improvement uh, in terms of, uh, for example, manufacturing uh, efficiency. We would like to see more use cases because it's been more than a year since you know, um, this term really uh, took off. Uh, so that's one thing we'd like to see. And we would also like to see the discussion around you know, the proper guardrails uh, being put in place advance even more when it comes to, you know, the learnings around uh, security, privacy, safety, um, the rekindled discussion around digital identity, um, how is that going to, 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 to look like in the next decade or so, those will be what I would, you know, very much look forward to. Kathy Lee is Head of Media Entertainment and Sport at the World Economic Forum. We'll start next year with several episodes looking at the other big issues that will be in the air at Davos 2023. Follow the build-up and the event itself at wef.ch slash wef23 and across social media using the hashtag wef23. And subscribe to Radio Davos and our other podcasts. Meet the Leader, the World Economic Forum Book Club podcast and Agenda Dialogues. And please join the conversation on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club. Look for that on Facebook. This episode of Radio Davos was presented by me, Robin Pomeroy. Studio production was by Gareth Nolan. We'll be back in 2023, but for now, thanks to you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>